And welcome to another episode of Movie Mastery. Uh, I am John, as as always, over there, cracking his knuckles and wincing like a like a little baby is Jeff. You don't know about my knuckles. I know about your knuckles. They're, I know about your Sonic and knuckles. There's spikes in there. I got spikes in those. That's why oh, I got. So that's why all those rings are flying out of you. Yeah, that's why I got to wince. <laughs> I'm losing all my rings. That's a that's a hard fought investment. Uh, you think so, rings just float about two feet off the ground and you collect them whenever you run past? You think that? Do you? Child. <laughs> like children you are. <laughs> so this is the show where we are watching the movies that you recommend. We don't know what we're going to watch until we roll it up randomly. Oh boy. And boy howdy, is that unfortunate a lot of the time, but especially this time. Yeah, this was, uh, this was really unfortunate. Uh, this week... Our very special, infamously bad movie was Tom Green's Freddy Got Fingered. So uh, thank you to listener Decoherent for that recommendation. Yeah, thank, thanks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I was surprised you hadn't already seen this. I would have figured... It, Why in God's name would I see this? I don't know. You seem to have seen a lot of the movies that we, we have on the list. Whenever it's like something horrible, you're like, yeah, I watched that. No. Usually, if it's something weird, I will have watched it, but not if it's something terrible. Okay, well... Did you ever, back in the day, see any of the Tom Green show? Yeah, and I, I knew the song, the one song he had, and... here, Okay, I can give you my full rundown on what I think, I, I, what I know about Tom Green. Yeah. All right. Uh, Tom Green is a Canadian comedian who was on MTV with his own show. Uh, he had a song where he made out with a moose, and it, these days he's mostly famous for briefly being married to Drew Barrymore... Uh, let's, what else we got? Briefly married to Drew Barrymore, uh, doing a lot of stuff with dead animals, doing a live TV special where he had one of his testicles removed and being the inspiration for a weird line in one Eminem song. (laughs) Am I about right? Am I hitting the mark here? Pretty much. I mean, I, when it was on, I never watched the show Uh huh. and it was never, I don't know. It never seemed interesting to me is the problem. Like. At least with Jackass, which when that was on, I never really watched that either. I watched Jackass. I watched a lot of Jackass when it was on because some of those guys are legitimate showmen and entertainers. I, oh, yeah. I, well, it I was... mean, a lot of them are just, I fell down and my tooth cracked. But some of them are like, no, I'm like Knoxville is obsessed with old 1930s and 40s musicals. <laughs> and he keeps putting it into that or he kept putting it into that show. And it was amazing. See, the thing is, for, you know, teenager me, when mm-hmm. those were both big. Yeah. Both of them just seemed like, oh, these are idiots doing stupid things. Yeah. But even back then, I was like, yeah, but at least Jackass seems like it's idiots doing stupid things and they're having a good time. Whereas Tom Green just looked like Desperation, the TV show. Oh, yeah. I'm surprised his show wasn't just called Flop Sweat. Yeah, it was just like, I need people to look at me. Is anyone looking at me yet? Well, I mean, one of the things you can tell is that he only does one or two stunts per show, I'm fairly sure, because that gives him more time to stand there and repeat what he's pretty sure is the laugh line. (laughs) Because Lord knows that's the one thing I associated with Tom Green, and this movie is all that, which is him going like, I found the moose, or something. And then, having established that he has found the moose, he's just going to spend the rest of the episode yelling, I found the moose! The moose! I found, I found, I found the, the moose! I found the moose! I found the moose! Like, that's every Tom Green routine. Yeah, I, again, never really watched a show, only heard about a couple of his stupid gags that, of course, got a little more famous than others because they were, you know, like the testicle thing and the moose thing. 
Yeah, I don't even think the testicle thing was a gag. I think he actually had testicular cancer. Well, no, I'm saying, but the gag of doing yeah, that. Yeah, filming it live or yeah. whatever. Also, I keep hearing about him making appearances on things like, oh, he's got a talk show or a, a, a sitcom coming out. It's going to be the Tom Green sitcom. And, and then it just gets quietly canceled and killed behind a barn. Because, you know, eventually people realize that he is awful. Yeah, and you know, nowadays we have a, an, an okay Canadian comedian, like because we have Nathan Fielder. Who's a different, weird-looking Canadian comedian whose whole thing is just being deadpan and and like unflappable. Yeah, and I'm okay with him. Like to me, Nathan Fielder's like, what if we shaved that dumb beard off Tom Green and made him serious and quiet? <laughs> so what if we completely changed what Tom Green was? Yes, and then you get Nathan Fielder, <laughs> and I far prefer Nathan Fielder. <laughs> also, I I don't I don't really associate Tom. This is weird, but I don't associate Tom Green with the uh, the Jackass era. To me, I feel like I, I didn't watch Tom Green because there was a chance I might accidentally watch Buzzkill <laughs> or one of the other shows from right around that time period. Maybe like that Dateline one with Chris Hardwick. What was it called? Uh, remember that? It was Chris Hardwick and like uh, Jennifer, what's her face? The one who's... Yeah, well, the anti The anti-vaxxer one, yeah. 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 But, I watched the shit out of that show, by <laughs> the way, and it's called Singled Out, Sing- and I fucking loved it. <laughs> I don't give a goddamn who knows it. Singled Out was amazing. <laughs> I'm not holding it against you. <laughs> I mean, there's got to be a reason why Chris Hardwick is still famous. <laughs> uh, McCarthy. Jenny McCarthy. Yeah, by there we the go. Way. Yeah, thank there you. you are. There's a movie, by the way, that I sure hope people recommend because it's basically this movie. Her, her, <laughs> what, Whatever her movie was called. The one that's uh, like where she plays a, a crazy woman who just does random nonsense for about an hour and a half and they add in jokes that, that are specific to women. No, never heard of it. Oh my god, it's got a uh, it's got a period joke where she has so much period that she falls down because of it. Oh boy! And then she gets a pad, and the pad is the size of an aircraft carrier, and isn't that embarrassing? All right, so we're going to be right back with an actual review of Freddy Got Fingered. <laughs> we didn't even mention the movie. Did we even say the name of it? Yes, of course. Okay, because good. I'm a professional, and you're an idiot. <laughs> professional. We only get paid for the shows I host. <laughs> I'm flipping Jeff off. That's his flip off dance and song. <laughs> it's great. It's great, uh, it's great podcasting. podcasting. Yeah. yeah, someone's that's that's your professionalism, huh? To do uh-huh. to do a dance and a noise that no one will understand. Yeah. Hey, I explained it at the end because I'm a professional. <laughs> you gotta explain it at the beginning. All right. Yeah. Let's be right back. All right. So after this, we will explain what's going on with Freddie Got Fingered. And if there's one thing lower than a sideshow freak. It's a gritty, scum-sucking, pencil-necked geek. You see, if you take a pencil that won't hold lead, it looks like a pipe cleaner patched to a head. And a buggy whip body with a brain that leaks, you got yourself a gritty, pencil-necked geek. Pencil-necked geek, gritty. And we are back. So, Freddie got fingered. Yeah, let's go through this. Let's let's really break it down. Let's James Lipton this shit. <laughs> this movie is almost unwatchable. In yeah. fact, for you, it was unwatchable because, you know, probably about two-thirds of the way in, you went and got a laptop and started playing video games. I bought a video game during the first the, the first third. <laughs> during the first third, I about, about five minutes in, I was like, man, fuck this. I do not need to watch the entirety of all these scenes because every one of them is set up. Rep- repetition of punchline for about four minutes close yes so i was like man I, I i only need to pay attention to about every 45 seconds i can i can look up and go oh they're in a new scene oh horse dick okay great so i went on steam and i picked out that upgraded river city ransom game and i 
I downloaded it, and I played it through the back two-thirds. <laughs> and I, I, I challenge you to know more about this movie than I do, even given that circumstance. <laughs> so, uh, the... Man, this movie, it it follows Tom Green, and he is... He's playing a guy named Gord. And, and Gordy... Gordon... Gordon Brody... Just is, Gord. Just Gord. No, no. It's Gordon. No, I know it's Gordon, but but literally the box art for this says, This boy named Gord has a dream. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure it shortens to Gord. So first of all, he is not Freddy, as you as you probably thought. Which is the weirdest thing to me. I yeah. was like, what? This guy's Gordon? Who the fuck is Freddy? And you don't even find out Freddy is his brother until like well, probably not, 15, 20 minutes in. It's not that bad. You find out Eddie K. Thomas, who you'd remember is... The dude as Stifler, and I'm sorry, the dude who bangs Stifler's mom. Yes, from uh, from the American Pie movies. So, I feel so bad for that guy, <laughs> as that's the only way that you can reference him. That's pretty. Well, what else are you going to say about Eddie You're K. Like, Thomas? Oh, this, you know Eddie K. Thomas. He was he had the title role in Freddie Got Fingered, <laughs> the titular role. He's the titular Freddie of Freddie Got Fingered fame. Uh, the <laughs> so Tom Green, his his character likes to doodle and is. Probably somehow d- damaged in the head. Well, he's got that Tom Green disease. Yeah, he's got that Tom Green disease. Where he thinks everything he says is so funny that it bears repeating. Yeah. City of violence. <laughs> and, and so... <laughs> the the thing for me with, uh, with that is every time he has a scene in here, it's always one word in there. It's not even like trying to do the punchline over and over again. He'll just like pick a word out of it and start doing that. It's, yeah, it's awful. So we start the very beginning of the movie is a, a drawing of a cat on screen, and it's a cat with gross underwear and X's for eyes, and he just starts talking at you in his manic, high pitched tone that he has. Actually, it's not even it's like high low pitch. That's that's kind of where he's at. Yeah, and so he's like, this this is X ray cat, X ray cat, X ray cat can see X rays, X ray. He can see through, he can see through things, he can see through wood, wood things, wood doors. He can see through wood. He's X ray cat. Like that's so that's, and you get that's the beginning of the movie is like, I want to say at least five minutes of him just saying X ray cat. You, Burglar doesn't think anyone can stop him. X-ray cat. X-ray cat can stop me. You can see him. He's like, you can't see it. I can see him. X-ray cat. And I'm just like, this is awful. Yeah. You started the movie with a non-joke that you are repeating. Right. So that happens for a few minutes, and then he gets up to go somewhere, I think to a bus station. But it turns out that uh, apparently skateboarding will play a large role in this film because he is a highly competent trick skateboarder. Uh, such that we need to occasionally cut away from him into a stuntman doing cool skate tricks in a mall. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and the logo of the film includes a lot of pictures of him skateboarding behind it. So you think, oh, it's a, a skateboarding movie? This is That's what this is? But no, it's just because he's skateboarding at the time that the logo of the movie is on screen, So or the title, I guess. So we need to have those skateboard images behind it. Uh, so he goes skateboarding through a mall, and it's... It's another thing that this movie starts. We've established the first thing about this film, which is that Tom Green is going to repeat every one of his lines a million times. Uh, just oblivious, wide-eyed nutbag, just doing whatever he's doing, uh, regardless of what's happening around him. Another thing that will be constant with him is he will ask someone a question, and then before they can answer, he'll just start yelling and running around. Yeah. Um, but the other thing that starts up here that's going to happen throughout the rest of the film is shitty 90s pop-punk music is going to play loudly <laughs> over every scene in the film. That is true. Like, 
all of the scenes to the point where it's almost a blessing because you're like, man, I can't hear what's going on, and I'm sort of okay with that. Oh, yeah. Two people are yelling or something. There's some mugging happening, but luckily there's a Phoenix TX song or something that's <laughs> yeah. just covering it up, and I can't hear it. We're I fine. I can't really tell what Tom Green and Rip Torn are yelling at each other, but boy, howdy, I don't need to. I, yeah, because it's just going to be a bunch of uh, punk bands with names that are vaguely inspired by Blink-182 that you dimly remember as existing in the 90s. You'd be like, wait a minute. Is that a Sum 41 song? I mean, probably. <laughs> I'm not going to say no. <laughs> uh, there's, it's so grimly repetitive with the, with the pop music that there's a brief moment where they play a song off Moby's play. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, is that an okay song? <laughs> oh my goodness. The, <laughs> the weird thing about the, uh, the skateboarding thing for me as well is when he leaves the house, there's a not quite finished little half pipe. That's sitting out there, and he spends the entire beginning credits just skateboarding around and doing tricks and doing stuff in the mall before he heads to this bus station. And then skateboarding does nothing in the movie. Like, it really wants to set this up as a thing that's like, oh, this is part of his character. But mostly he just carries a skateboard around with him and it doesn't matter. Yeah, I feel like they want... I almost feel like it's a joke. Like, this movie was written and directed by Tom Green. Yes. And I feel like part of his joke is, we'll do the standard 90s movie setup. You know, oh, the character's a good skateboarder, he's cool, uh, he, he's got these animation ideas, he's gonna go far in the world, He just he's going off to start his new career, and then all that shit just gets abandoned the moment someone gives him a car. Also, we, we find out that he is 28 years old. Mm-hmm. Because, of course, that's gonna be a thing that just is one of the lines that's repeated over and over. I'm a, I'm a 28-year-old man. I'm 20. I'm 28. 28-year-old's man. I'm a man. I'm a man. 28 years old. Yeah. So, of course, I know how old he is, except Tom Green looks, like, even though he was, I don't know, probably 30 when this was made. Yeah, this wasn't that. He, he actually was around 28 to 35. But he looks like he's 45 years old at uh, all oh, times. Yes, he does. Well, I, he also, I, this is weird because I'm sure he was probably a straight-laced sort of dude, but he also looks stoned all the way through the movie. <laughs> he's got those... Like the lower lid coming up type eyes. He looks like Stewie Griffin getting angry. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I'm sure he's not. I'm sure he's one of the, because he was a hardworking professional. But man, he just seems like a, yeah, you're right. He seems like he's 45. So we get to meet his parents at this point, and his parents are uh, Rip Torn, yep. who will do anything for a nickel. Oh, man. Rip Torn in this movie, I was like, oh, you will just do anything. Someone's like, hey, man, we want you in a movie. And he's like, that's fine. I'm Rip Torn. I'll be in your movie. I'm Rip Torn. I'll do it. I- I'm sure he said yes before he asked what it was. <laughs> Just like I'm sure he always does. Oh, yeah. And you know, sometimes it's a success, and sometimes it's the deer hunter, sometimes it's men in black, sometimes it's Freddy Got Fingered. <laughs> you roll the dice, you takes your chances. That's pretty much... Now someone's going to email in and be like, he was not the deer hunter. I don't fucking know. No, he was in the band, Deer Hunter. <laughs> yeah, he was in Deer Hunter, the band. That's right. Is this a movie? I don't care. I'm in it. <laughs> <laughs> I heard you guys were making a movie. We're a band. I'm in it. Rip Torn. I'm here. Method actor, probably. <laughs> Some kind of method. <laughs> the say yes method. That's what it is. Rip Torn's acting method is just the secret. He's just, just been <laughs> improving with his agent this whole time. His agent's just like, I've got this movie. It's going to be great. Do you want to do it? Yes, and I want to get paid scale. <laughs> uh, so he plays, He's he certainly has a lot of energy in this film. We'll, we'll go, I'll give him that. 
of all the characters who are not Tom Green, because Tom Green literally wrote this movie as sort of a gauzy frame around himself. Oh yeah, this is a like a Ford Fairlane. This is any of the Hulk Hogan movies. Mm-hmm. Any of those movies where it was a star and the whole thing is just a vehicle for that star to do whatever they do. Like do their very particular shtick. Like yeah. I'm sure all the Larry the Cable Guy movies are. Yes. Um, so it's not that it makes him look like a hero because like the Hulk Hogan movies are always like, oh, look how amazing this Hulk Hogan man is. He is a friend to all children. He's like oh, yeah, a but wrestler like, no Holds Bard is basically just Hulk Hogan being Hulk Hogan. Yeah. I mean, but he's still like a total hero. He has rips kids and all that shit in that movie. Oh, yeah. This movie still at least makes Tom Green look like an idiot because that's all Tom Green can do. Well, yes. And Tom Green is 100% the villain of this movie as well. Uh, he's He is not only like he's just annoying an, and terrible, but he's just an awful human being. Oh, yeah. He's just an unchecked force of destruction. Like. It becomes untenable to keep watching him because you're just like, I hate him. I just hate him. I, none of his antics are amusing, and I, I don't even know if he knows their antics. Yeah, the the problem with the way he plays the character and does all of his random shtick bits is if he was kind of doing it, I mean, again, not to bring it back to Jackass all the time, but if he was doing it like, ha, ah, this is fun and people are in on this bit and, you know, sometimes I'm the butt of the joke and sometimes other people are... And, Woo, we're having fun, and it's all in, in good fun. But no, most of the antics that this character does in the movie are like, oh, this would ruin someone's livelihood or life. Yeah. So, anyway, he gets to the bus station because he's going to go off to Hollywood with his drawings of X-Ray Cat. X-Ray Cat is a cat who has X-Ray eyes. He has eyes for X-Raying. He has X-Ray <laughs> eyes. His name is X-Ray Cat. X-Ray Cat. He can use his X-Ray eyes to look through wood, through wood things. Wood. Only wood, wood things. Though. Only wood. Wood doors. He can see burglars. Burglars. He can see burglars. He's X-Ray Cat. So, he's going to go off to Hollywood to try and sell this shit. And his parents, oh, Rip Torn and... I'm fairly certain the mom, the sparkle motion mom from Donnie Darko. Yeah, she's been in other stuff. Oh, she's in like a million things, but I, I think that's her. I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent. Not not a hundred on the sparkle motion. No, I doubt. I, I doubt my veracity on sparkle motion. <laughs> yeah, to sparkle motion. Um, so they show up and they're like, "Oh, you don't have to take a bus." And he's like, "But you bought me a bus ticket. A bus ticket to Los Angeles. I'm going to Los Angeles. I'm, I'm sorry. I won't keep doing his shtick." Um. And they're like, no, we also bought you a car. It's a Chrysler LeBaron. The whole thing is, they're like, ah, oh, here you go. We're we just we're so happy you have a job. You're going to work at a cheese sandwich factory. Yes, he's going to go to work at a cheese sandwich factory. They get him a Chrysler LeBaron that says number one son on the license plate, which angers uh, the titular role of the film, young master Freddy, yep. uh, Eddie K. Thomas, who's like, how come how come his license plate says number one son and they're like you're we're, you're both our number one sons and that starts off another fucking, yeah, back and forth of like where's your LeBaron is there two LeBarons I don't see two LeBarons I must be the number one son I'm the number one son number one son is me I I am I am where's the other LeBaron where's the other LeBaron just that shit for another five minutes of, of shtick yeah the whole this movie feels like it's three hours long and it's probably because there are. 95% of it is just repeated lines and filler. Yeah, and and to be to be fair to it, it is an hour and a half long. It's just slightly under 90 minutes. I but, I swear to god, yeah. I felt like it was at least like 2:15. No, it's a tent- it's a dentist office time loop of a movie. Yeah. You can't you're watching you're just like where is the time going? Until you start playing River City Ransom instead, then it just breezes by. <laughs> 
And, and you're probably thinking right now as a listener, you're like, well, I don't want to hear a review from a guy who was playing video games the whole time. Don't worry. Don't you fret. Yeah, I got every little detail of the ra- of the back half of this piece of shit. <laughs> so anyway, after yelling at Eddie K. Thomas for a while, and by the way, Eddie K. Thomas as Freddy is in this movie for three scenes and about four minutes of total screen time. Oh, yeah. The- Being the person who has the title role in this, he is not present. No. He's got nothing to do with the film. It's the same with the skateboarding uh, and for a large part, the animation. His whole thing of like, I want to be an animator. Okay, I'm going to attempt to do this at the beginning of the film, immediately abandon that for the rest of the film until the very end. Until we need a wrapped up ending type thing. Yeah. So anyway, he goes driving off to Hollywood and the very, like literally the next scene is him pulling over to jerk off a horse, um, which he does by yelling, I want to be a farmer, a farmer, I'm a farmer. And they're like, kids, it's a stud farm. You can't, they say kid, by the way, to this, you know, fully grown adult who's running around. Yeah. What looks like a 45-year-old man who runs up and starts jerking a horse off, yelling about being a farmer. And, of course, everyone around him is just like, well, we'll allow this. Yeah. I mean, it's a stud farm, so they need that horse's semen. That's, like, the whole reason that they have the horse. Yeah. But, you know, don't worry about it. Here's, I assume that one of them probably checked to see if he had a bracelet that explained what to do if he has an episode. Yeah. They're like, oh, you're just a big dumb dummy running around, aren't you? Well, let's, let's get you home. You're a big, soft, round head. Oh, it's a shame, isn't it? Uh, the And then on his way to Hollywood as well, he ends up going past whatever the fucking studio is for where animation is done. I can't even remember the name of it. Uh, it doesn't matter. I couldn't read the fucking thing because it's in a weird comic font. Right. But, yeah, so he's like, oh, that's where I want to go. But then he works at a cheese factory, and the fucking cheese factory has a stupid bit. It's another stupid bit. There's He's standing there. He has to put a piece of cheese on each passing piece of bread, and instead he grabs a huge sausage because apparently it's a cheese factory that has giant sausages and gets up on the conveyor belts and pretends that the sausage is his. You're gonna, wait, folks, you're going to love this. He pretends it's his wiener. Oh, my God. Hold on. Wait. Are you kidding me? Yeah. His no, wiener? Yeah, he goes for... I'm I, and and while he's holding it at about crotch height, pretending that the sausage is in fact his uh, his erect and engorged member, uh, which again is what he's doing. He's pretending that he has a priapism that is uh, constructed of of like tubed meat, yeah, if you will, uh, of of kind of a uh, like preserved sausage like product, as opposed to the tumescence that would normally be present there. He juxtaposes this by adding something of a larger size into the area. My goodness, and it's it's so much larger than a normal human penis would be that is correct yeah a normal tumescence would be dwarfed by the by the the significance of this what i assume is probably a hard salami or a capicola uh so he's holding that at approximately the same height and uh, in order to accentuate the bit he is yelling i'm pretty i'm pretty boing 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 yep this goes on for a bit and uh and then the, the nothing the, the sandwich factory closes and he leaves that bit in particular Everyone at the sandwich factory, like all the other people that are around him, because it's basically an assembly line that he is on, mm-hmm. just ignore him. And like one of the people, he is just hitting in the face with the sausage, and the guy just ignores him. Yeah, and goes about his work. And then, you know, the the bell goes off and everyone leaves. And I'm like, that is the only way to deal with Tom Green is to just not pay attention to him, and as soon as you can, get away. Yeah. There was even when the when the factory whistle bell goes off and, and everyone's leaving. There's one guy in a hard hat who comes down from an office and, and starts walking towards Tom Green. And I was like, "Oh, good, they're going to fire him." But no, he just gets in the line with all the people leaving, and so instead, nothing happens. Yeah, 
Um, you know, if you were working in an assembly line and then you got up on the conveyor belt and started hitting your fellow workers with anything, let alone a sausage you are pretending to be your penis, mm-hmm. you know, I figured there'd be a talking to at least. Probably. I mean, it's like his first day. Yeah. You know, maybe this isn't the right job for Tom Green. Maybe they're going to be like, hey, man, you know, those sausages, I understand that they are tubular. They are they're larger. They are. Than, they're totally tubular. They're, yeah. They're larger than a penis would be. It, 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 of course, is quite humorous to pretend that they are an engorged member. I mean, and, who and, among us hasn't? Yeah. I mean, of course, when I, well, I I'm not I'm not always Mr. Boss Man, you know, at the end of the day, I let my collar down and I'm a I'm just a regular guy like you. And a regular guy will occasionally like to pretend that a large Capicola is his penis. And and so I understand I'm one. I'm like your buddy here. We're friends, but we, I don't do it at work. And that, I think, is the core difference between you and me in this situation. You got to keep your work and home life separate this is a this is a learning moment for us i mean i don't want you to think you're in trouble you're not you're not you're you're good you're an important and valued member of this team and i, I think what we're doing here is we're just going to give you a chance to progress up the company ladder and let me tell you the first wrong is not pretending that uh the dry salami we keep around for no reason is your dick that's uh, it i'm just saying yeah, yeah there it is all right buddy okay good keep it up good work all out right, there yeah you know, I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, I do need you to sign this though, <laughs> just to, you know, just to confirm that we had this conversation. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, he goes running off at this point to the studio to try and uh, sell his animation, which he does through dumb trick. The, almost the only part of this movie, God, spoiler alert. This is the only part I think is funny is the part where he's talking his way into the studio because he's just like, I'm from, uh, I'm from Japan. I'm here for the Japan thing. Who was that? What's that on the floor? Is that Shashash? Uh, you know, he, he actually has a fairly well done little bit of of uh, evasion to get into the studio yeah because he goes through the thing and there's one of the security guards keeps asking him why he's here and he's just fast saying talking. yeah he's just saying nonsense and then pointing at things and the guy looks over there and he's like yeah that and just walks off yeah that was that was okay anyway then he gets upstairs and he runs into his wife yeah he runs into drew barrymore yeah drew barrymore who i believe Either they were already married or they were about to be married at the this, time of this. I think this came out basically when they got married. Because they were married for like a year. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, she's she graciously agreed to be in his horror show of a film for two scenes. Yep, and she is... Some receptionist. Some, yeah, some assistant that works there, and he... Just runs around yelling in an office. Yeah. Like it's it's really hard to review this movie because normally we could go into like, oh, here's what's happening. Here's how this relates to another scene. Here's how the plot progresses. But literally every scene is, all right, Tom Green shows up somewhere and he yells and probably does really shitty body humor and it's terrible. Uh, next scene is more of that. Yeah. <laughs> so literally in this scene, he's like, hey, I need to speak to the boss. The bo- boss man? Boss? His name is Smudged. Boss. I've got a package, packages for a guy. It's a guy's uh, boss. Yeah. And he manages to get out of her through this nonsense that her, that the boss is blonde. And at which point he gives up on talking to her and just walks around the halls of these cubicles screaming, blonde, 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 I need a blonde, 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 blonde. Problem is, at some point also finds out that it's like, oh, yeah, and it's this guy. And he's like, well, I need to I need to speak to him because his, his wife is dead. And, of course, Drew Barrymore's like, oh, my God, not Linda. That's terrible. And so he gets the information of where David Davidson is on lunch Mm -hmm. by pretending that this guy's wife is dead. Yeah. So, again, like I said, the antics that this character does in this movie is just awful. Like, every time he does something, he's like, what did you do? Oh, I ran through, screwed up someone's entire office, 
and then made them believe that someone they liked was dead. Yeah. Oh, isn't that funny? Isn't yeah. it funny how I'm I did hero. that? I, I bet you're hoping I get a happy ending. Yeah. Oh, boy. So, uh, okay. So he goes, he gets that information. He also asks Drew Barrymore out at this point. Like, he comes, he goes away. He's like, yeah, it's a real shame she's dead. Hey, you want to go out and get dinner or, or like, be my, bo- my girlfriend? Yeah. And, and she's like, no, get out of here. And that's. Get the fuck out, you horrible the, person. That's the line. So, good. So he goes to the dinner, the lunch space where this uh, random movie producer guy is. Anthony Michael Hall. Anthony Michael Hall, who is yelling in his cell phone about how Hanna-Barbera sucks. Yeah, That's a real hot take, by the way. <laughs> boy, howdy. That's a, that's a real spicy one right there. Oh, boy. That's coming, that's coming off the line. It's like 1993. Shouldn't he be making fun of uh, like Nicktoons? Oh, man. This came out in 2001. Oh, did it? Okay. I'm sorry. For some reason, I thought, oh, probably because there's a, a cell phone joke in the movie that I thought this was from the yes. early 90s. But no, 2001. He should still be making fun of like the Nicktoons or something eh. instead of yelling about Hanna-Barbera. What was Hanna-Barbera doing in 2001? I-, I can even tell you what they were doing then. They were making that shitty Cartoon Network remake of Johnny Quest <laughs> that for some reason involved a lot of diving into the internet. Wow. You don't, you don't remember that show at all? No. That was like the flagship show for uh, Toonami back when Toonami first got started. Man, I hated Johnny Quest, the original Johnny Quest. Like, yeah. It was just awful. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, oh, we're going to make a new Johnny Quest. And I'm like, hard pass, don't Well, yeah, care. but the reason that you'd hate the original Johnny Quest is for the same reason you'd hate every single cartoon from the same company at the same time. It's just, we got four frames of animation for each one of these major characters. Let's have them have slow conversations while, while we watch their vehicle go through space. <laughs> oh, Johnny, I am very interested to the fact that we are going back to India. Yeah, that's right, Haji. We are going back to India. Ha <laughs> ha, boys. I'm Race Bannon. Just repeat. Yeah. I mean, at least the new one was like they added some more characters. There was ongoing plot that made sense between each one. So it was all right, except that it was very 2001. It involved a villain that lived on the internet, and they had to dive into the internet to stop him. Wow. Yeah. Man, I I had no idea that that's what was going on in this uh, show. So that's what Hanna-Barbera was up to. They were that, and then they also were the ones who were making those early Cartoon Network cartoons. So he might have been, been like, yeah, fuck Hanna-Barbera. If they think they can win me over with their John- Johnny Bravo cartoons... <laughs> They're cow and chicken. Look, if if Space Ghost Coast to Coast is still a thing. It was very much a thing in 2001. I think that's when it was getting started. Yeah. Or getting finished. I forget. It was uh, It was getting something. It, it was, was, doing it was something. around for a while. It was. It, probably still around. I mean, I, I had the end of the VHS of The Mask mm-hmm. had a Space Ghost Coast to Coast interview with Jim Carrey. So it's been around for a while. That's, okay, fair enough. <laughs> that adds up. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, so anyway, I forget the, why the hell we were talking. Oh, because Anthony Michael Hall was yelling about cartoons. Yes. So for some reason, Tom Green has a full uh, English Bobby costume. Yeah, and no idea where he got that from. I mean, the rest of the movie, we are always told that he has no money until the very end. And I have no idea where he would rent this. He didn't have it to begin with. Well, yeah, and it's not like he's not doing a Master of Disguise thing where, like, He's always in some dumb outfit. No, this is it's the o- just this scene. Yeah, this is the only time in the movie where he shows up in some dumb outfit for a gag. Uh, every other time that he does something, all of the shtick makes sense because he either steals the stuff he's using or it's just stuff from around the house. This is the one scene that does this. Yeah, which so- is why it was weird to me because I'm like, this doesn't play in with the rest of the movie. But then basically everything in this movie is an isolated shitty scene. Yeah. So he yells his way through the restaurant and yells at Anthony Michael Hall for a while and gets Anthony Michael Hall to agree to look at his drawings, which he does, and he points out 
these are actually okay drawings because they are they're they're they look yeah. kind of crickfalusi ish. Yeah, some someone that could actually draw did these. Yes, and uh, but then he's like, but this character doesn't make any sense. Nothing you're saying makes any sense. There's no story to these characters. Why would I make a cartoon of this? And how would I make a cartoon of this? Yeah, these fucking suck. Go away. Yeah, which at that point Tom Green basically decides to go back home and focus on being an animator instead of working in a cheese factory. Which, uh, one of the advice things that Anthony Michael Hall gives him is, you need to get into the animals. And of course, this leads to a scene when he's heading back home of him finding a dead deer, gutting it, and then prancing around inside of it. And this is another weird, this is another Tom Green thing. There's no one around. He's just got a deer carcass. But he is spinning around in circles in the middle of the street, yelling at the top of his lungs. Yeah, he's like, I gotta get in gotta get into the animals. I gotta get into the animals. And he just has a knife with him, cuts open a deer, and he's like, ooh, ooh, and dances around with a deer carcass on yeah. him. This also establishes this is another thing that only happens once all the way through the movie, uh, which is he gets hit by a truck and goes sliding like hundreds of yards. And he just gets up perfectly fine, not a wound on him, and goes, I didn't expect that to happen, and leaves. Yep. So, in one, in one scene, he has magical costume having. In the next scene, he's invincible, and then he's right back to being a normal guy for the rest of the movie. Yeah. It is maddening to me to watch this, because uh, after he gets you know pissed off at his parents, he's talking to one of his friends. We get the uh, appearance of... His friend that you may know from Half-Baked. Rocket Man. Uh, it's Harland Williams, I, I want to yeah. say. And uh, he's his buddy, and he's like, hey, what's going on? I'm finishing up this half-pipe, and don't you want to use the half-pipe? And convinces his friend, who's wearing slick shoes, to do this, which he then slides off of the board when he gets to the top of the pipe, hits his leg, and his like bone is sticking out. Yeah, a broken bone sticking out. And that causes everyone to start screaming and all of the neighbors to come out. And Rip Torn comes out, and for some reason, Tom Green to to lick the bone that's come that's come out of the yeah. It's again, it's one of those things from like, oh, Tom Green's antics are horrible and occasionally life threatening. Like, why is he doing that? What what? It doesn't even explain the thought process behind him going. I need to I need to help. I'll lick the bone. There's nothing. It's just ah, oh, what would be weird and random. I know. I'll monkey cheese this as hard as possible. Yeah. I mean, it's not like you can tell. Him and Rip Torn are yelling at each other. So you'd think you'd have an explanation for why he's doing that. But Lord knows I can't hear it under what I assume is a Deftones B-side. <laughs> the the whole thing is ridiculous and nonsensical. And it's the whole movie. Yeah. Is, it's people that aren't Tom Green getting hurt because of Tom Green. Him being terrible. And there are no repercussions. No, he just gets rewarded at the end. Yeah. It's just local oaf gets reward. Might as, might as well have been the name of this film. Oh, yeah. And the thing is, all of his dumb shit is all of that. Because his friend goes to the hospital, and he goes to see his friend in the hospital and ends up getting a date with someone. You're like, oh, good. You fucked up your friend's leg and almost killed a baby because he helps, like, some woman give birth. Well, let's, let's be clear. He doesn't help her in well, the slightest. No. She has a baby to uh, to the uh with, with no matter how much he tries to stop her is well, effectively what happens she has a baby and is screaming at him to get a doctor and he's like i'm a doctor oh, i'm a no doctor. you're not i know you're not oh i'm a doctor i'm a doctor i'm, I'm a x-ray cat so he just puts on a doctor coat that is just lying there and starts yelling into a stethoscope yeah and then of course because it seems like for some reason all of tom green's humor is 
yell and bite gross things or put his mouth on gross things. Yep. So he chews through the umbilical cord by himself. Yep. And then when the baby isn't crying, he swings it around by the umbilical cord. And as if this scene wasn't irritating enough, it's there's a, an angry woman yelling at. She doesn't even want help with the baby at first. She just wants him to be quiet. Yeah. Which is weird because she keeps yelling, could you please shut the fuck up? I'm pregnant. I'm like that doesn't. That's what? not a what your, your ears aren't pregnant. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah, quit it. Come up with a good excuse. Like, could you please shut the fuck up? You're the worst. <laughs> you are the worst human being ever. Could you please shut the fuck up? It's 2001, and I can't wait for it to be 2002. So you're gone. <laughs> but here's the thing: she's screaming at him just to be quiet. He's mugging and yelling as loud as he can and smacking pots and pans around. There's a pop punk song playing again. Also, the two other ladies in the in the room are like, for some reason, Native Americans with tambourines who are singing a song all the way through this routine. Yeah. It's just as many noises and yelling and songs and pure chaos nonsense, which is, again, his humor is just, oh, stuff is happening and it's loud. That means it's funny. If things are loud enough, they're funny. I'm a shitty Dane cook. I've got like nothing against a good musical gag in a film. But this isn't a good gag of any kind. It's just a lot of noise. Exactly. It's not that, oh, this is a joke and I decided that making it louder would somehow make it funnier. It's, there is no joke. I just decided being loud was funny. And of course, it's a no repercussions thing because he grabs the, he swings this baby around by its umbilical cord like a lasso until it starts crying at the end of the umbilical cord instead of, you know, just dying immediately. Yeah. Or umbilical cords not being that strong, it's just breaking and the baby flying off and dying. Oh, yeah. So instead it starts crying and then he hands it to the mom and she goes like, thank you. Like she like mouths thank you at him and she's instantly in love with him. Oh, yeah. It was like, uh, this guy just seriously endangered your child and probably damaged it in some way that you don't know about I'm yet. sure the baby's been damaged. I'm sure pretending to be a doctor is a crime. Also, I, I'm going to go ahead and say that she could probably get him on rape charges for digging into her vagina while, while she was specifically yelling for him not to. Yeah, and then uh, they kick him out of the hospital while he keeps repeating over and over that he saved the day. And, you know, this his girlfriend who's like a nurse doctor, because she dresses like a doctor, but she's clearly not one. Um, well, we don't see her ever do anything aside from flip. Yeah, like she does. Creamer. A, she flips little creamers from restaurants. That's her only. She has three interests in this world: flipping little creamers from restaurants, rockets, and sucking dick. Yep, that's it. Yeah. Um. So, which we will find out when they go on their first date, where it's just he shows up, and she's like, "I like rockets. I'm trying to make my uh, wheelchair rocket powered so that me, I can go fast." Yeah. Here, hit me in the shins with this bamboo thing, and then I'm going to suck your dick. Yep. That's it. What? That's it. That's all she 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 likes to give blowjobs and she likes getting hit in the shins because she's as she says because she's paralyzed because there's a point where he stops hitting her in the shins and hits her in the face and she's like I don't want you to hit me in the face I'm not paralyzed in the face I was like wait so you like getting hit in the shins because your shins are paralyzed yeah that's that's a weird like, I mean you can't feel getting hit in the shins okay. and that gets you off I, okay yeah, all right I guess. Sure, but whatever. Anyway, so they go on, and, and he, because he's a big man baby, has to hate blowjobs. Oh, yeah. He has to be like, no, I need to take you out and do romance things. I'm basically a toddler, and I have no concept of things. All I know is that dates, we have to go out and, and date, and then and then maybe things will happen. 
Like, we'll get to third base, which is, I'll I'll kiss you on the cheek. I assume third base for him is an actual third base, and he'll hit her with it. Yeah. Um, all right. So, meanwhile, a lot of scenes are happening with Rip Torn. Uh, Rip Torn's character throughout this entire thing is mostly just here to be angry at Tom Green, but, you know, understandably so. I, you can tell, I can tell you from watching this movie is that I wish someone would make a Popeye film before Rip Torn dies, because he's the world's greatest Bluto. Because <laughs> he spends 90% of this movie just walking around going, son of mine, Rip Torn. Yeah, just, just muttering and wandering around. He basically doesn't put up with uh, Tom Green's terrible shenanigans. Yeah, and again, I'm like, good. Good for you, Rip Torn. Every time Tom Green's like, I'm in full scuba gear in your shower and have been in here for like 45 minutes. Oh, I found a treasure. Like, you know, the fact that you throw him out of there. He broke his own shower to, to get Gord out of his shower. And I'm like, good. Good. Fuck that yeah, guy. Throw him through a plate glass window. I do not care. Yeah. And I mean, it's the thing is, I, I have to assume that these people tried to take this guy to therapists or doctors like a lot of times before this. Like, like, hey, is he? What, what is this? Is this autism? What, what are we dealing with here? What, what happened? Is it where on the actual spe- damage? Where on the spectrum is this thing? What, like, what, what are we talking with this guy? Thing is, like, I, he doesn't read as autistic. He just reads as a giant asshole that may be like physically damaged in the brain to something where it's like, no, he can't process certain things. Well, I figure. I mean, autistic, he wouldn't be because he has interest in other people. But he has literally. I think he's just a sociopath. Yeah. Because he's a sociopath who has difficulty with reality. Because he said, because when, he, when he's like, "Here, I've got this soap. It's a treasure. It's a treasure. I found treasure. We'll be rich because I found treasure." And it's like, okay, please stop, please stop. You know that soap isn't treasure. No, it is. It is treasure. I believe it's treasure. I, guys, guys, I'm sorry. Okay, cut, cut, everyone, everyone. This soap is treasure. I, I'm, I'm Tom Green. I'm real as a fucking heart attack. <laughs> if anyone says this tro- this soap isn't treasure, they're fired. They're off the movie. This soap is treasure. I believe that. Yeah, it's it's so weird because he very obviously has something wrong with him, but it doesn't play as any given mental illness. No. It's just sort of, I'm a horrible human being as a mental illness. Yeah. Well, anyway, Riptorn does a bunch of mean things to him, which somehow turns Riptorn into sort of the bad guy of the movie. It's just Well, I mean, there's the point where he like pretends to have a job and like borrows his dad's suit and goes out on a date for once with his uh girlfriend. Yeah. And, and Rip Torn finds out Tom Green in this scene at the restaurant where they're on a date cuz Rip Torn is there with uh his wife and he is there and he finds him and exposes that he's not actually what he was pretending to be which was like a, a stockbroker. stockbroker. Yeah. But Tom Green goes insane and just starts throwing shit in this restaurant and like gets up on a bar and shoots like hoses of water at Rip Torn yeah, and, and then gets arrested. And I was like, you know what? Why only in this scene? You should have been arrested so many times by now. Should have been arrested at the horse farm. <laughs> yeah, there's just so many times where you should have been arrested. Oh, oh, you know, I completely forgot. After we watch him jerk off the horse, there's another scene where he drives back after failing in Hollywood and he's eating a sandwich and he passes two horses having sex. And for some reason, he stops and watches, and I, I figured he was either going to realize what, what he was doing when he was jerking off the horse earlier, and be like, ew, I jerked off a horse, or, you know, something. But what he does instead is eat the sandwich weirder. Like, there's two horses fucking, and he just starts rubbing the sandwich on his face. Yeah. Scene. 
That's it. There's so many little scenes in this that are just, here's Tom Green, he's dumb. Here, okay, we're done. Yeah. So the thing you probably remember from this movie uh, happens right around now, uh, which is that the girlfriend tells Tom that, or Gord, that he should uh, relax and, and maybe eat some food or, or, or play listen, some music, listen to music or something while, while uh, drawing because it will help more than trying too hard to draw. Yeah, and don't don't try and concentrate too much. Just relax. And he responds by saying, are you crazy? I can't eat and make music and draw. I've only got two hands. And her response is just like, what? Instead of, you know, the fuck are you talking about? Are you a, are you a kid? Are you Vincent Adultman? <laughs> did you did you go up to some machine on a boardwalk and wish to be big? <laughs> uh, did you just wake up after a 20-year coma? <laughs> <laughs> like, it is terrible. And then we get Benjamin the, Button disease. <laughs> we get the daddy, would you like some sausage scene. Yes, which was in the commercials, and it's the part everyone remembers. Yes, yeah, the only thing anyone knows about this movie is Tom Green hitting a keyboard with strings attached to sausages on pulleys while he is saying some shit like, daddy, would you like some sausage? Yes, and it's visually very creative because there's all these pulleys on the ceiling and there's all these sausages moving around. And for some reason, he's wearing a headband with stakes tied to it that doesn't get mentioned. Yeah. I don't understand what that fit, where that fit into his storyline. Like, oh, uh, it was, the storyline was, I'm Tom Green and I'm a giant idiot? Yeah, because he was like, I need to eat, I need to play music, and I need to draw. I need to do all those things at the same time. I'll eat these sausages. While I'm hitting this keyboard I'll whack and away drawing. at this keyboard and I'll draw. And also, I wear a hat with raw steaks on it. This pisses Rip Torn off enough that uh, he destroys the half pipe. Mm -hmm. And throughout all of this, the mom is always like, oh, poor, poor Gordon. Oh, no. Oh, my little boy. Oh, and just doesn't seem to give a shit. And this is the straw that makes them go to therapy mm -hmm. where it's like, oh, now that Rip Torn has destroyed his half pipe. Now, now we have to go to therapy. Not before this. Never before this. No. It's all Rip Torn's fault. So the therapy scene is going to what well, what should be well known as the worst scene in the movie, uh, because it's actively scary. Uh, what happens here, which is that uh, they go to therapy. Tom Green's like, I want, I wanted to eat meat and play play piano and and, and draw and draw on sausages and X-ray cat. And I wanted to, and, and he wouldn't. And I, have a, I'm a all crazy. I wanted was just one Pepsi, and he wouldn't give it to me. <laughs> yeah, and, and Tom or, or uh, Rip Torn's like, ah. You know, I, I don't give a fuck whatever the fuck he's talking about. Uh, he lives under my house. He'll follow my rules. Like, he's he's a giant idiot, and he doesn't do anything. He has no job. He's just doodling all day. What an asshole. Yeah. To which Tom Green responds with, but he molests my little brother. Oh, yeah. He's that, like, that, well, that at least the... I never touched Freddy. And you can see, the problem is, he acts well enough in this that you can see the character coming up with the idea of blaming his dad with sexual molestation as a way to get back at him. Yeah. Like, you can see that idea form in his head yeah, the during whole the scene. But, the, but the, uh, what happens instead is that everyone else in the story buys it immediately. The, the, the wife and the, the uh, therapist are both like, oh my god, I have to report this to the police immediately. Yeah, and they go to get freddie and he's like no this never happened that's i'm, I'm a 25 year old man my dad has never fingered me please leave me alone yeah and they're like no you need to come with us you don't have a say in this for some reason you're gonna go to some child recovery center yeah so police grab freddie and drag him out of his house and take him to a child recovery center 
All the, on the other hand, Rip Torn is not arrested and never will be. No. Again, it's just like, oh, we need to take this kid to a recovery center. However, we're going to leave this dad who we are 100% convinced is a child molester alone. Yeah. Uh, the wife won't talk to him anymore because he's clearly a child molester. <laughs> Even though, again, his, his son is 25. Yeah. Uh, they are not doing anything. And the son is repeatedly saying, I never did anything. What is happening? Please do not take me away. Please don't do this. Nothing happened to me. Why are you doing this? Yeah. Incidentally, the one shot of Eddie K. Thomas in a uh, child recovery center talking to little kids is also the last shot of Eddie K. Thomas. His story is unresolved. He is not in the end of the movie. Oh, he is. Oh, is he in like the crowd or something? No, it cuts back to him still at the place when it's going through the TV. And it's just him with a beard now because he's been there for... Two years. Okay. So there you go. So that's that's the resolution of that character. Yeah, he goes to a, a child recovery center and stays there. So here's what happens at this point. Um, the wife leaves the husband. We, we enter into a full-scale war between, uh, at, between uh, Rip Torn and Tom Green, where they, they yell at each other and stupid shit happens, and they keep, they keep yelling at each other and whatever. Uh, it inspires Tom Green to draw cartoons about his angry dad, which he decides would make a great story, so he takes them back to Anthony Michael Hall. Well, yeah, he sees that his girlfriend, who he had previously broken up with because he got all angry about the whole I need to be an adult in the job thing. Yeah. Even though he, again, doesn't take that seriously. Yeah. But he sees on the news that she had actually finished her rocket-powered wheelchair. So he's like, oh, I should follow my dreams. Yeah. So he grabs these drawings and takes them to Anthony Michael Hall, who agrees to buy them for $1 million. Yeah, because Rip Torn shows up while he's showing these cartoons, because Anthony Michael Hall is just going, well, this is ridiculous. There's there's no way this dad character makes any sense. He's too weird and angry. And then Rip Torn busts into the room and mm-hmm. like throws Tom Green against a wall and chases Anthony Michael Hall around. And so he's like, oh, that was the best pitch ever. I don't even know where you got that guy. He's an amazing actor. Anyway, that's super creative. Here's a million dollars for your idea. And now we get to cut to the actual cartoon. Which is just Tom Green as a cartoon centaur zebra. And he's just going, clippity-clop, clippity-clop. That's the sound of my hooves. Clippity-clop, clippity-clop. Look at at my hooves. That's my hooves. That's my hooves. Look at my hooves. Yeah, it's awful. It's the worst. The cartoon is, the little snippet we get is more just... It's basically this movie if they were centaur zebras, and that's it. Yeah, there's a brief part where they tell you what the story is, which is centaur zebras lived in Africa, but centaurs did, or zebras didn't like them, and neither did humans, so they went to America. No one liked them, and Tom Green's dad is mad. It, it, Tom Green's zebra centaur's zebra centaur dad is mad and drags him behind a car. Anyway, clippity-clop, listen to my hooves, listen to my hooves, look at me dance, look at my hooves, look at my hooves, my dance, I'm dancing, hooves. Yeah, it's, it is terrible. But uh, he gets a million dollars. He spends a hundred thousand buying jewels to say sorry to his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. A bag of jewels. Uh, he spends another hundred thousand on a helicopter that he rented to go give those jewels to his girlfriend, which seems expensive to rent a helicopter for a day. But whatever. Everything seems too expensive. That's th- those are just regular old jewels he's buying. So yeah, we aren't talking a hundred thousand dollars worth of jewels. We aren't talking that much for a helicopter ride. And then he spends the rest of his money on... Yeah, he spends like $750,000 to move... He Well, he shoots his dad with a tranquilizer and then moves the room that his dad is in to Pakistan. 
based on a one-off joke that Rip Torn said about an hour ago in the film. I mean, well, and the thing is, the joke wasn't repeated. It was said once, mm-hmm. and it was sort of mumbled by him. Yeah. He was just angry. He was like, oh, if you were born in Pakistan, you'd been sewing soccer balls at four years old. And it's not something that he even says to Tom Green. Tom Green leaves the room, and he says this. Yeah, he's just Bluto mumbling. And, and for some reason, the only joke in the movie that isn't repeated over and over and over again is the one that we use for our denouement, which is that he has his, his dad's bedroom shipped to, pa- to Pakistan and goes there as well. And then his dad wakes up and he's like, hey, dad, you want to sew some soccer balls? Yeah, Ugh. that's our gag. So then they fucking Bugs Bunny chase each other around in the desert he, for a while. He drives this truck. The truck has one of those uh, like big rig trucks mm-hmm. that has his dad's bedroom on a like podium, and he drives around with this again with his stupid gags, driving through people's like tents and their set up stalls with goods. So his his gag here is to essentially just again ruin people's livelihoods mm-hmm. and. Fuck with his dad in the worst way possible. Yeah. Uh, oh, he also jerks off an elephant at his dad. Yes. That's our big denouement sequence. That's There's a the... giant shot of elephant semen hitting Rip Torn. Boy, howdy. Yeah. He gets, what a laugh riot. He gets knocked over by elephant semen. And then the two... The two and then the... the elephant kicks Tom Green. Yeah, the elephant kicks Tom Green. And so father and son finally just have the conversation they've needed to have, have the whole time. How did you even pay for all this? Oh, I got a job, Dad. Aren't you proud of me? I have a job. They gave me a million dollars. And the question of, do you still have the job? Because it sure seems like you quit it immediately and moved me to Pakistan. Yeah. It is not addressed. Yeah. Uh, They're kept in Pakistan for 18 months is what the movie says. Uh Uh-huh. And the whole time there's just, it's going back and forth with all these news reports of like, uh, father and son kept in Pakistan, the... a famous animator of American zebras uh, is held in Pakistan with his father, and nothing happens, and then they get released. And the uh, for me, the only thing that made me even smile or laugh a little bit in this movie is they're on a plane, they land in America, and they come out, and there's a huge crowd, and everyone's got uh, signs. Some say, like, we love American horses. Some are just stupid crap. But there's a sign in the back that says, when is this fucking movie going to be over? And I was like, yeah, man, you and me both, buddy. That's the only joke in this that I agree with. I wasn't worried about it because I was playing some sweet River City Ransom. Yeah, you certainly were. Yeah, I should have just brought out both controllers. You should have. I'm sorry. (laughs) You made me watch this fully, and I'm sad. (laughs) Whatever, you had your phone. (laughs) There's no way you don't have like eight collectible card games on that thing right now. <laughs> Which one were you playing? The unre- unnecessarily complicated one with little X-Men on the cards or the unnecessarily complicated one with little family guy people on the cards? <laughs> uh the uh so the movie has nothing then? Like it just sort of it just ends. Ends. And of course because it's uh, 2001 and it's a Tom Green movie, we cut to bloopers instead of continuation or anything. So it's just during the credits we get to watch him do more gags that show that everything in this movie wasn't even written no it was just shit tom green was doing yeah it was like like, oh what what happened uh we set up a factory scene and just let tom green 
be an asshole. Yeah, here he is at dinner. Look at him. He's pretending that fish is still alive. Oh, boy. Yeah. He's just he... slapping himself in the face with a fish. Yeah, Yay. There it is. Okay. That's funny. Yeah. That's that's what how comedy works. And then for some reason it ends on an un, uh, on a long makeout scene between him and Drew Barrymore. Yeah. And that's the end. That's Because he's end. like, I want everyone to know that Drew Barrymore and I are together. Yeah. That's all I want. I want people to know this. Yeah. So. And there you go. There's fucking Freddy got fingered. And it's awful, and I hate it. But let's go ahead and do <laughs> our, our best and worst. The best and worst. What's the very best and what's the very worst of this fantastic film? Jeff, give me your very best, even though you've already mentioned it. Well, you know, I'm really, once again, I'm going to point out that the sheer absurdity of using a large sausage to, re- <laughs> to represent one's own genitalia in an excited or erect state for an extended period uh, to the, the, the confusion of nearby onlookers. Hello, I'm Mr. So-and-so. This is my penis. <laughs> I have something something or other for a dick. Yeah, I, I uh, no, I, I, what did I even say was my favorite part earlier? The part where he fast talks his way through an office building? Yeah. That's that's pretty much going to be it. it. There's there's nothing else. Uh, hell, fuck that. I'm going to say the best part of this movie is the five seconds of a Moby song I got to hear. <laughs> it was that ooh, lordy, trouble so hard one. Yeah, you got to hear some Moby and good for you. Uh, I mean, you know, if I was going to say mine for that, I would probably say they play when a man loves a woman in this. And I'm like, oh, I like that song. We also get the real Slim Shady at the end. Yeah, because it mentions Tom Green, and that's literally the only reason it's in this. Yeah. Uh, but I think, yeah, probably either when a man loves a woman or just that sign at the end that I'm like, yeah, that's me. That is me right now. I am that sign. All right. Let's let's do the worst. Pick out the worst thing for you in this movie. Uh, the part where everyone takes the obviously insane guy at face value when he accuses his father of sexually molesting his child brother who was 25. Yep. And I then, mean, I, I'm going to take the exact same thing. It is the worst thing in this. And it's treated as a, as a victory moment for Tom Green. For, like, it never gets mentioned again. That's, that's the main issue, is it? It has this thing where it's like, oh, I'm going to falsely accuse my father of sexual molestation and the movie wants you to cheer this. Yeah, it wants you to be like, yeah, you got him, Tom Green. You sure showed him. Or at the very least, they want you to just forget it because it's just another cartoon sequence in a dumb cartoon. It's, oh boy, that sure ruined your brother's life and yeah. your dad's. And your mom's. You caused them to get separated. Yeah, but I, she ends up with Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, which is actually one of the better cameos, which I wish I had remembered. Yeah. Because he like, he like compl- she's like, oh no, I, I want to watch TV. My son's on TV. And he's like... Shut up, bitch. I got my nipples pierced for you so I can bang you like this. And then he starts humping the air. Yeah. And I was like, oh, Sha- Shaq, you're doing... Oh, look-, look at you, Shaq. Oh, Shaq, you're so good in small doses. <laughs> oh, Shaq. <laughs> this is way better than when you play a superhero. Or a genie. Yeah. I've never seen that one. Aw. Well, so- it's on the list. Is it really? Probably. I don't know. There's like 180 things on the list. I'm sure. So No, there are literally 180 things on yeah. the list. So <laughs> it's probably on there. What's that called? Uh, Kazam. Okay, good. What's the one that everyone thinks exists, but everyone doesn't? thinks there is a Sinbad genie movie named Shazam. Okay, that seems dumb. Yeah, because Shazam is an actual character. I feel like you get in trouble if you call the movie Shazam. I feel like whatever DC Comics would have come after you at the exactly. time. Exactly. Yeah. So the, I I don't know. Yeah. I feel like there should be a Gilbert Gottfried movie called Kazaa, <laughs> where he like downloads a bunch of music. Oh, I thought where he was going to be a lizard mage from Rifts. Oh yeah, that too. But no, he's just he's just downloading music on Kazaa. Yeah. And then it's got a sequel, LimeWire. 
Yeah. Remember that? Remember being in a college dorm? Huh? And, you remember? And you remember that, Napster? That fat T1 internet line back in your old college dorm or whatever, and you could like get all the the songs you wanted? Oh, my God. I pirated so many video games. I played so much Quake, and I had skins where I was like, I'm Magneto now, and my buddy is a xenomorph. <laughs> I almost feel like certain aspects of the internet have figured out pirating to the point where it's not a thing anymore. <laughs> like, Steam has made it, so why would you go steal a video game? Yeah. You just wait till it's on sale, buy it for $6, and it's completely convenient and easy. Oh, yeah. That was the thing, is the reason people pirate stuff is mostly because it's difficult to get otherwise. Like, pirating in countries when a movie comes out way before they get it mm-hmm. is way higher. Yeah. But you're like, oh, if it came out at the same time, it goes down. Well, yeah. I also have some of my really old video games I, I can't play anymore because I'll like try and boot them up and it'll be like, uh, what's the fourth word on the 63rd page of the manual? Oh, yeah. Those old shitty ways to try and get it so you don't cheat. Yeah. Or uh, there's a there's a 16-digit code on the on the jewel case that this game came in. Yeah. I'm like, I, eh, who keeps jewel cases around? It's Yeah. This I've had this game for like... 20 years. I don't know what the fuck the jewel case is I'm doing. I'm not sure why I'm installing Planescape Torment again. Fuck it, I'm buying it on Steam. Fuck it. Yeah. That's I don't know why I'm trying to reinstall Diablo 1, but <laughs> here I am. Oh man, I can't wait to play. Have you tried playing Diablo 1 again? <laughs> uh not for like a good 10 years. Oh boy, it is hard to look at. Like you think when you're playing Diablo 3 nowadays, you're like, it's amazing how this game has evolved, like but it still feels like the first game. And you go back to the first game you're like, "Oh, no, oh, my glasses were rose colored. <laughs> <laughs> this movie or this video game is awful. Also awful. This movie. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Worst thing. So we're both agreeing that the worst thing is the child molestation scene with no repercussions. Yes. 100% is the worst thing. In the this. thing that they gave the movie its name. Yeah. It's the name of the movie and it just treats it like a joke and there's no problem with it. Yeah. Great. Fuck you. The arc of Eddie K. Thomas in this movie is amazing. He's he's vaguely jealous of his brother. He gets a job. Uh, his brother makes fun of him for having a job. He gets randomly accused of having been molested and is locked up in a child prison. The end? Yep. That's it. That's his whole character arc? That's That's all we get. There are so many side characters in this that get no screen time because it is all eaten up with Tom Green mugging. Yeah. I, well, you know, you think about it, I, I can only think of one other Eddie K. Thomas arc, uh, which has been in three movies, and that one is, he fucks Stifler's mom. <laughs> uh. I, I gotta be honest, I am amazed that he is not in all those stupid American Pie directed dvd movies that Eugene Levy is in. Yeah, well. Because it's not like Eddie K. Thomas has a huge career. Like, no. I feel like, he'd be like, yeah, I'll take the fucking paycheck, National Lampoon or whoever it is keeps making these fucking things. I'll be in Naked Mile, whatever. <laughs> you you call in Kathleen, Kathleen Will White or whoever it is who plays Stifler's mom. And Will I'll, White. I'll fuck her again. No problem. Uh, yeah. It's not okay. Kathleen Will White. Whatever. I forget who it is. Let's, uh, let's also give this movie our rating. We're each going to give it a one to five. That gives us our rating out of ten. Although this time I think I I'm hauling out the hard zero. Yeah, this is there's no movie here. No, there isn't. I I am also agreeing. Fuck, is this going to be our second ever full zero? Yeah, yeah, I think it will be. There's no redeeming features. The fact that both of our favorite things about this movie were songs on the soundtrack. Yeah, it tells you everything you need to know. It is awful. This is a uh, a second for us. Only the the second time we've ever given a movie a double zero for us. Zero out of ten. It's this and fucking uh, Frankenqueen. I'm and really that's glad. It. I'm really glad that you knew what it was because I I was 
getting ready to ask because I couldn't remember. But yeah, Frankenqueen, which is we did so long ago that it's not even an episode of Movie Mastery. No, it was just a thing we did for Horrortoberfest. Yeah, it was just a random, let's have a good time and watch a movie. And oh my God, did it, which one's better? Uh, I mean... Frankenqueen is shorter. Frankenqueen is shorter, and it does have at least that's cool about my brain as yeah, a line. That's a line that I still say to this day. <laughs> like, that worked its way into our vocabulary, so I gotta, I think I gotta give it to Frankenqueen so, on this one. So there you go, folks. This movie is worse than 1313 Frankenqueen. It is probably the worst thing we've seen. Uh... I hate everything. I, I'm so unhappy right now. I I, I think I might need emergency Denny's. <laughs> we got to get some emergency Denny's in you, stat. <laughs> so thank you so much for listening. Of course, if you want to check out any of the backlog or our other podcasts that we do, you can go to systemmasterypodcast.com. And, of course, follow us on uh, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, we're System Mastery on that. We're usually a little more active on the Twitter saying stupid things there, but, you know. You'll find stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll respond to Facebook and so on, too. But Twitter's a fast medium by which to get a hold of us. We also have our, our Reddit feed you can go to. We are r slash system mastery there. There's the big list there. So if you have a movie you'd like to recommend, you can post it in that column, in that forum. And uh, we have some excellent people there who will put it right up on the uh, on the list. So that Because we, we never do. We always forget. Oh, yeah. We uh, recently uh, got some new stuff in the mail. And remember, if you do send us a movie to watch... You get two slots on the list so that you're slightly more likely to get picked. Yeah, yeah. We uh, Someone sent us uh, two Moontrap movies. Yeah, two different Moontrap movies. Yeah, I, I'm going to send him an email, thanks. But in the meantime, two Moontrap movies have arrived. Uh, that means two chances for each of those two Moontrap movies. Yep. So, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, you can do that. And, of course, if you want to support us, you like what we do here, you can go to patreon.com slash systemmastery. You can support us there. It helps us out, makes it so that we can fucking rent these shitty movies to watch so that you can listen to us be angry at them. Yeah, dude, my Amazon Prime watch list is the worst thing in the world. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like every time I add a a movie to my Amazon Prime watch list at this point, it should like have a pop-up that asks me if I'm okay. Oh, yeah. It should just be like a ding. This is the suicide hotline. Hi, you appear to have tried to watch Dragonfire and Freddy got fingered. Are you okay? <laughs> I need you to tell me if you're being held against your will. <laughs> it's the worst. It also has, like, wizard. <laughs> yeah, it's just stealth it's is on there. Oh, God, you're right. The whole list is awful. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, <laughs> you can do all of that. But uh, until next week, two weeks, three weeks, four Our, weeks a lady. It's two weeks. We're going to be back in two weeks. Two weeks. Uh, you can go ahead and go to the website. Also vote for what you want us to see. In theaters now, it is a great month for weird, dumb movies that you should have us watch. Oh, I forgot about Our that. Our list yeah, for March is amazing. How are we doing? Have we looked at it recently? Oh, yeah. It's, I, didn't, uh, I did not vote this time. Not even once. Oh, no. I haven't voted in a while, yeah. but man. Who's, the, who's winning? Is it Power Rangers like I thought, or is it Logan? Uh, Logan and Power Rangers are neck and neck. Oh, wow. Uh, Kong Skull Island is doing pretty good, but we've also got the Chips remake and Beauty and the Beast this month. Man, please don't make me. Uh, that Chips remake just looks like gay panic. For, I, <laughs> I don't know why, but it's just 100% gay panic. Well, so uh, thankfully, I think that one's the lowest at the moment. But, good. Yeah, so go vote on that. We will be back in a couple of weeks, probably with our in theaters review. And yeah. uh, until then, you have a good one. <laughs>